Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, how are you doing? Gavin Timms with REI Network. Welcome back. Just before we get going, okay, if you haven't already, if you want a thousand free records, go to batchleads.io slash Gavin, batchleads.io slash Gavin. You're going to get a thousand free records with the company that I use to pull list, to skip trace, to list stack. Check it out seven days for free, but you will get the thousand free records. So it's definitely worth it. So go there right now and get it before that promotion finishes. All right. Now, what I want to talk about today is hedge funds. Okay. I have made a lot of money with hedge funds and I have lost a lot of money. When I say lost, I didn't really lose anything because everything was predictions, right? So when I say I lost money, that was me thinking that these things were actually going to close. Okay. Because everything was set, contracts were in, we're in closing. Okay. And then it can all go. All right. So I want to talk about the benefits of working with them and what to watch out for if you do. All right. So why are hedge funds good? They're going to pay you more money okay, than anyone else, any local people for the most part. They've got tons of money to close, okay? So they're all good. They'll buy as many as you have, so you haven't got to worry about that. And what are the negatives? Well, the negatives are the criteria, okay? They will only buy in their criteria with no bending at all. So if it is a, for instance, it might be, it needs to be over a thousand square foot. It's got to be 1950 and newer. It's got to be a three one or more, and it's got to rent for a thousand a month or more. So if it rents for 950 a month, then it's a no. If it rent, if it's a, a 950 square foot home, it's a no. If it is 1949. It's a no. So there is no like, oh, we're nearly there or we could add a bath to get it there. It needs to be in that condition for the most part. And then they will do some improvements, you know, as a buy and hold and what they do with it. But they are really, really strict. So if you start working with a hedge fund, make sure the first thing that you need to do is get their criteria and ask them, say, hey, what is your buying criteria? Okay. And you can say, is there any movement? And I'm pretty sure they're going to say, no, this is the criteria. And it won't make sense to you. So don't try and make sense of it. And what I'm saying in, is that is that you might be in, let's say, Ohio, and, and you're in a really nice neighborhood, and they won't buy there, but they'll buy in the zip code across that's not a nicer house, that's in not as good a condition for the same price. Because again, they buy in certain zip codes. So it doesn't matter your knowledge, it's what their criteria is, because obviously they're funders that have come together, that's what it is, and that's what they need to stay in into, okay? So how do we find the hedge funds? Well, networking, calling around. So once you see on Zillow and places like that where a house in the you know not so good area sold for 2.1 million, it was part of a package deal where they bought 100 of them, right? So you need to find out who that is and then you need to start networking to see if you can find someone like their boots on the ground, their acquisition guy and get with him because he's the one that's going to be seeing the house the houses, then it will go up the channel actually to the decision makers. Obviously, the higher up that you can get a network up there, the better it is because you have more pull. You can get things done a lot faster. Okay. And that's kind of what we had we did. I mean, we've made 
a lot of money. I, I don't want to, I can't throw out a number because I haven't got it in front of me, but hundreds of thousands of dollars with hedge funds. Okay. But now let's talk about a hedge fund as well on the not so good, right? Meaning that I'll tell you a little story back in, I think it was October, 2018. We were working with a hedge fund. Um, we worked with a few different ones and I, I won't name them because they're still around, but most hedge funds get funded every quarter. So they might have the same investors or they might have different, but every quarter, that's where the money kind of comes in. And they're all set up different, but on this on this one I'm talking about, that's how it works. So they had in quarters. So we were coming up to the final quarter, right? And these were deals currently in Birmingham, Alabama, and we had 207,000 in closing with them. 207,000 in closing. And I think a few of them were in Mississippi. Okay. I think there was probably about 12 total, 12, 13 properties total. Okay. And it was about 207,000 in assignment fees or double closes. We were double closing with them, but that's kind of what we were, we were looking at. So we were sitting, I mean, it was sweet, right? I mean, we're going to probably, we, at the time we're going to have the biggest month that we've ever had. We had all the contracts with the seller signed. We were at, and we were double closing or bringing transactional funding in, which I'll get to in a minute. And we had everything in closing. This was then in October, starting to close in November. And guess what? They're funder pulled. Okay. So their fourth quarter funding partner, uh, which was, I guess, one guy that was doing majority of it, pulled his funds and didn't do it, which meant then that we had zero money in the pot, well, or very little money in the pot to be able to close. I think we actually forced about 55,000 in closing at the time. And we had it like, signed, ready to close. This isn't like, oh, well, they're not, they're doing inspect. I'm talking like they're all signed, ready, closing dates. And then they're like, we've run out of money. We can't close. I'm like, what do you mean? You can't close. You have to close. Like we've now signed with the sellers. Like we're all in. And they said, we're not closing. So you can sue us, you can do whatever. I'm sorry, but there's no money. So we managed to work with them from the relationship saying, look, you've just got to close a few of them. Like these ones you must close because we've been having the runaround and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we managed to force a few and then we had to figure out the rest. I'm not going to lie. You know, it was pretty intense, you know, because you're now in a liability. We've got to get the hard money. We've got to close on these things. We've got to go back to the seller. We've got to make it right. Whatever we got to do to get out of this situation, because it wasn't just like an assignment with an inspection period. I mean, we were down to closing deadlines when this happened. So we managed to, to get it. We managed to go back to every seller and, and work out and just be honest. Look, you know, with this is the truth. And uh, we kind of worked and sometimes we had to like do flat fee listings on a few, a few that we uh, we didn't lose on any of them. We just sold them and tried to just help the seller uh, just to get out, us all out of the situation to do the right thing. Because here's the thing, because they pay more money, right? We couldn't wholesale them to another buyer. So it was also having to buy them. Worst case, we would take them down, but we couldn't, there was not enough room to wholesale because they're overpaying. So someone in the market, I mean, we're talking 25,000, 30,000 more than local people in some instances. Like it's insane, but then other times it doesn't make sense. So you're going to have this roller coaster when you're working with them. And, and it's very hard to figure out because nothing makes sense. And I, what I learned from it was that I don't need it to make sense. I just need them to buy it. So here's the property. What are you going to buy it for? What's the offer? All right, then let, let's do it. Within the back of the mind, we know now that anything could happen at any time with them funds. And you could say that about any deal, right? You should always be prepared to close on deals 
But I'm talking 207000 that we were making. So it was well, well over a million dollars of real estate. So to come in and bring, we're not just trying to fund one. I mean, there's a lot there that we had to kind of figure out and get through. And, and we were profitable. We Like I said, we forced about 50 something thousand to close. But it just goes to show you that it's never done until it's done. And I know some people are working with that and, and they're, they have the power and that's how they're going to treat you. All right. I'm very big when we work with buyers about controlling the situation. And sometimes when you're dealing with the funds, they don't care, right? Because they have the power, they have the money, they buy off the MLS, they'll buy from you, but you need to get in line and their criteria is so strict that you can't do anything about it. So you do lose power. So you have to watch that. The other thing is as well, you need to tighten up your contracts. You need to have clauses in there where you can extend the closing date because it will get pushed because they're buying 50 properties a month, 100 properties a month, right? And they're not ready. They use one closing company, all right, trying to close everything out and your properties will get pushed. So you need to make sure in your negotiation with the seller, like, hey, we can get you more money than what we would like to offer because we have funding partners that will pay more. But, um, you know, they are sometimes a little slower to get things done. So just be prepared. Like if closing, we will get it done, but it might get pushed and things like that. So we set that expectation up front for that to happen because that's the reality. The other thing is as well that when they inspect it, then they make an offer. It just takes more time than the local buyer. So again, just just having them contracts, like if you normally close in 30, just say, look, we can close in 30 or 40 or 60 days, but we need to potentially have an extension if it's in closing for any reason that that we need to do. Okay. So yeah, the, the really good, you know, and, and, you, and you have to, you got the wins and the losers, right? We've made a ton of money. We had 207 thousand that kind of went south because of the funds and it's just understanding that and being prepared and make sure that you can buy these things you have other exit strategies for them because nothing's done until it's done at least when you've got a local buyer that you can normally go well if he doesn't buy it we'll sell it to someone else we just did that we had one guy that that just pulled out and then we were at, okay within i mean it was stressful we had to you know call around and get other people in but we managed to move it we actually made eight more thousand what the other buyer was paying so which was great it doesn't always work out like that but normally on the local ones if it's a deal it's a deal it can move but these hedge fund deals they'll pay and they're not deals to us like as wholesalers they don't work but they do for them because they look at the cap rate the buy and hold all them things so Hopefully this helps, you know, while dealing with hedge funds. If you have any questions, put them in the comments. I'm happy to help. There's going to be tons. They buy in multiple states. Once you get in with them, you just need to know how to operate, how they operate. And if you know that and you get the foundation right, then you can kind of pivot if you need to and change anything up. All right. So appreciate you all. I'll see you on the next one. Like I said, I'm going to be having guests coming on. So if you want me to ask any questions for them, uh, if you know anyone that would be good to get on, let me know. Drop some in the comments. Make sure you give us a like and subscribe as, uh, as well while you're there. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.